You're listening to Mountain View Church Audio. My name's Jeremy, and I'm a local pastor here in Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. Each week, we bring you a fresh message designed to help you encounter Jesus through biblical instruction. You don't have to know anything about the Bible. We're just glad you're here. Now, if you're new to church, checking out Christianity, uh, there's a little saying that Christians do around Easter, and uh, you could maybe try it in your household right now. Maybe we'll do like guys and gals. So, so the guys are going to say, he is risen, and the gals will say, he is risen indeed. So let's try it right now. So guys, he is risen, and then the gals can respond, he is risen indeed. Now again, if you don't have a church background, uh, it might be kind of an odd thing, but this is actually a long-standing celebratory phrase. It's called the Easter acclamation, and historians can't even place when, when it started, uh, but it would be like people would go, and as they were going out and about on Easter morning, Easter Sunday, they might pass each other in the street, and they might say, he is risen, and the other person would respond, he is risen indeed. Again, this saying has continued on for centuries and centuries. And this Easter acclamation, this greeting, this celebratory greeting. But what does it mean, he is risen? Well, it's actually talking about Jesus, Jesus Christ, that he rose from the dead, that Sunday is a time when Christians and churches all over the world take today and they celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead, conquered sin and death, and this is like the most important day on the Christian calendar. But I get it. You know, maybe today you don't really feel like celebrating. Maybe you're a Christian and you've been going to church your whole life, but something feels off this year. And I get it. This year's a little different. Like maybe your tradition is you have a massive family gathering and uh, you cook a a ham and and with all sorts of different trimmings and you have desserts and and you eat chocolate eggs and, and it's this big family thing, but you can't this year. You found yourself scarfing a chocolate bunny for breakfast all alone, maybe. It just was different. It wasn't that great. Uh, Maybe you have community or neighborhood Easter egg hunts where you go out and and all the kids and families get together. And again, that's not really happening this year. And maybe, again, for some of you who, who go to church on Easter, you are so used to every year gathering in a church, in your local church, with all sorts of friends and family and people from your community to celebrate. But this year's different. And I, I get it. It is different. It, it's hard to get in the celebratory spirit of Easter when you're just sitting at home on the couch, even watching this now. But you know what? It's okay. Uh, on one side, I kind of want to give you permission. It's okay if you aren't feeling it. But on the other side... I want to tell you that the Bible can actually provide some clues to get us back to that celebratory Easter moment. And and I would say that after, if you can listen to me just for a few minutes here, and I can unpack something that the Apostle Paul wrote so, so long ago, that by the end of it, you will be in a celebratory tone, and you will be able to yell from the rooftops, He is risen, He is risen indeed. So if you have a Bible, print Bible with you, you want to turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is in the New Testament uh, near the back of your Bible. 2 Timothy, 
And uh, if you're new to looking things up in the Bible, don't stress it. You just have to look at the table of contents in the front, and in the table of contents, you just look for Second Peter, Second uh, Timothy, excuse me, Second Timothy, and then you want to jump there. And, and we're we're going to go to Second Timothy, and we're going to chapter two, Second Timothy chapter two. And if you don't have a uh, a print Bible, and again, maybe you just found yourself on online church, and you're like, I don't have a Bible. All good. Go to the app store. Go to the app store, download a Bible app, and uh, yeah, you can get there. And if you're still unsure about how things work, it's okay. You can just listen, and the words will be on the screen, and I'll make sure I read it. So let's start, and let's do that right now. 2 Timothy 2, I want to read verses 8 and 9. 2 Timothy 2, verses 8 and 9. Here's what, here's what Paul writes to Timothy. He writes, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Now, this piece of scripture is going to, it's going to help us get in that celebratory mood because of kind of where Paul's writing. Paul is actually in prison in Rome under Emperor Nero. If you haven't, if you don't know anything about Emperor Nero, Google him. He's a scary guy. And he wanted to squash out Christianity. He didn't want people to celebrate Jesus. He didn't want uh, the gospel of Jesus to spread. He definitely wouldn't have been a fan of Easter. And Paul is in prison for his faith. A and he's in chains and he's bound and he's writing to his young apprentice, Timothy. And Timothy is going to take on the leadership of the church and so here's what, he, here's what he's trying to, trying to write to him. And it's amazing because if you can imagine, Timothy's probably like, oh man, I can't believe I'm gonna be a leader in the church. I really wish Paul were here. I don't know if I can do this on my own. And, and Paul's like, no, no, Timothy, you can do this. And here's why. First, he says, remember Jesus. It all comes back to Jesus. Everything comes back to Jesus. And, and so Paul says, you need to, you need to focus in on Jesus. Okay, okay, Paul, I'll focus in on Jesus, but, but what parts? What, what about Jesus? Well, he says a few things. First, he says, which is what today is all about, he is risen. He is the risen Lord. He, he has risen from the dead, conquered death. A guy that predicted his own death and predicted his own resurrection and pulled it off. That's amazing. That's the biggest news there is. And why? Because the fact that he rose from the dead proves his deity. That's a fancy word to say that he proves that he's God. He was fully man and yet fully God. Proven. Remember Jesus, first he's risen. This is foundational. He is God. But he, not only is he God, not only is he alive and risen from the dead, but he desires a relationship with us. That's amazing. But then he adds this other thing. He, he says the offspring of David. Now, if you're new to church, it's like offspring of David. Who's David? Great question. David was actually what's believed to be the greatest king in ancient Israel's history. Uh, David was, uh, was a king who the Bible says was a man after God's own heart. And, all, and in the back of the Bible here, in the front of the Bible here, sorry, in the Old Testament, there's prophecy 
And it talks about and points to Jesus. And one of the things that it says that's going to be, uh, that, that's going to happen with Jesus is that he's going to be a descendant of King David. He's going to be a descendant of David, which is going to prove prophecy that he is the king of kings. Or another biblical term, which you may have heard, he will be the Messiah, the savior of the world, the king of kings. So he has risen from the dead. He's God and he's alive. He's the king of kings. Two great reasons. Remember Jesus. Don't worry, Timothy. You got this. He's risen. He's king. But then he gives a third thing. He's a third thing. And he says, he says, the word of God is not bound. Jesus' word is not bound. You see, Emperor Nero at this time, he wanted to squash the word of God. He did not want news of Jesus, the risen king. He did not want that news out there. He wanted it done. And, and Paul is paying for it that actually after he writes this letter paul is executed for following jesus he he's he's basically on death row as he writes these words and he's still good and you're thinking well how how could he possibly be be happy how how could he possibly be all alone waiting for death and still be be ready to go and be writing so 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 intensely to timothy that things are going to be fine well, because he believes in his heart that Jesus is risen and alive, he believes that he is the king of kings, and he believes that the word of God, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, will continue on. And here we are 2,000 years later, and it's carried on. And what's fascinating about this whole thing in our current cultural moment, what's fascinating about this is that we've just seen it proven. Did you know the Barna Group just released that the church has grown is, is experiencing a 49% growth rate since COVID-19. Yeah. Before that, churches were only growing at around 15, some churches were growing at 15%. More people are going to church online than have ever been going to church, at least in quite a while here in the Western world. This is like proof. Jesus is alive. He's the king. His word is not bound. It is carrying on. And, and here's, here's what I'm saying, and here's what you need to celebrate today. I am telling you that COVID-19 will not put Jesus back in the ground. COVID-19 will not dethrone the King of Kings. And COVID-19 will not stop the Word of God from traveling across the internet and all over the world. More people are interested in Jesus now than before COVID-19 ever came. And, and see, that's what Jesus does. Jesus takes terrible things, awful things, scary things, depressing things, and he redeems them, transforms them into something amazing. People are finding hope who were hopeless. People are finding freedom who were fearful. This is because he's the risen king of God. He's the king of kings, the son of God. This is amazing news. When we look at this, uh, You'd think that this would be enough. To me, it's like, that's enough. We might as well just stop the letter, Paul. You said enough. But he goes on. It, it gets better. He writes, check this. In, in, in verse 10, he says, therefore. Now, when we see therefore in the Bible, that we need to check in. It's really important because that means, uh, therefore means what I just said has everything to do with what I'm about to say. Therefore, I endure everything. For the sake, I love this, I endure everything, for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul's saying, 
I can endure it all. I'm in chains. I'm on death row. It's all good. I can endure everything for the sake of the elect. This is another word for those that would believe in Jesus or those that believe in Jesus. And, and I can do it all because I am focused. Paul's saying, I'm focused on eternal glory. He realizes I'm in a cell. I don't know whether I'm going to live or die, but it doesn't matter. My life does not end on earth that I'm looking to eternal glory when I'm going to be with Jesus. This is like the Easter Sunday that never ends. And for you and me, I, I get it. You're in your home, and you're in your pajamas on Easter morning, and it just feels weird because you should be wearing a get-up like this maybe. And, and, but guess what? Because of Jesus, because he's risen, he's king, because of the word of, that his word, his gospel, will not Therefore, because of that, we can endure, and we can be saved, and we can see eternity. And if you're new to church, you're just checking things out, according to stats, there's someone out there, and this might be you, I'm telling you, if you do not know where you're going, if you do not feel or know anything about where the end happens, because at some point, all of us are going to die, or according to the Bible, Jesus is going to come back, and in that moment, there's those of us that are going to believe in Jesus and those that won't. And he wants a relationship with you. And right now, you can endure with Jesus' strength. You can be saved eternally. You can know that your eternity is, is secure. And see, when we have that in focus, there is no celebration that can be great enough to equal that. This life all of a sudden becomes fuller experience experiences become uh, more profound we have a purpose in our life we're on a mission and a vision that surpasses just simply existing on this earth it, we can do something significant and, and this is paul talking to his apprentice saying timothy this is your time you you're just getting started man like things Things are going to happen in your life, and you are going to do things that will be amazing. And, and he did. This was 2,000 years ago. Timothy went on to be an amazing leader of the church, one of the youngest pastoral leaders that, that, would, that would be in the first century church. And, and he crushed it for the gospel. It was great. And, and maybe for you, God may have a plan for you. Jesus may have a plan for you. He wants to do something incredible through you. And he's simply waiting. He says, I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I, I want to work through you. I want to impact humanity. I want to impact the world through you. I'm here. Will you take my hand? He's risen. He's alive. He's the king. And he wants to work through you. He wants to know you. How, how can we end such profound statements? Here's how Paul ends it. Uh, scholars have looked at the text, and you'll notice if you're looking at your Bible that the text shifts. It almost is like it's even written different in your Bible, and, and, and it's not in paragraph form anymore. And this is because scholars and theologians, as they've looked at this, at this writing, they're, they're like, Paul changes his tone. It, it's almost like he's writing Timothy a letter, and then he pauses and what they've determined is that he actually pauses and writes a bit of poetry. Isn't that cool? He, he starts by saying in verse 11, this, this saying is trustworthy for, and then he begins a, a bit of a poem. 
Paul writes to Timothy, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. When we die knowing Jesus, we don't die. We actually live. And then he says, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Isn't that funny? He's like pointing back. Because Jesus is a risen king, we will rise with him. We will live eternally. And then he says, we will, he will, we will reign with him. Isn't that funny? He's pointing back to the kingship thing. That we become a part of the family of God. We actually become a part of the royal family through Jesus. So I'll say it again. If we, die, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, we all, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. And this, this bit, this is crucial. Because I've been a pastor long enough to know people. And, and at this point in a message, and at this point in sharing the gospel with people, I know that there are secrets. I know that sometimes there's things in our life that we're scared to reveal. And some of them, maybe even longtime Christians, we, we, we don't want to admit that sometimes we doubt. Sometimes our faith is shaken. Sometimes we might even, <laughs> don't want to admit it, but maybe we're faithless. And that's why this last bit of poetry is so crucial. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. No matter how much you doubt, no matter how much you're struggling, no matter how much you're having difficulty approaching God, it doesn't matter because he's always faithful. He will always come running. You do not have to be perfect. He, he doesn't care about your past because Jesus died for all that past and all that darkness and all those regrets, all that sin. It, he paid for it all and he rose from the dead. He is risen. It's conquered. It's done. There is nothing you have done that can separate yourself from him. He will always be there because he's faithful and he will never not be faithful because he would have to deny his entire existence. Jesus is in, in himself. As the risen king of Jesus, he is faithful, always faithful. He is there for you. And so, today, the big question is, can, can I proclaim from the roofs, rooftops? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Maybe that's a tough place to start. Uh, well, I want to give you a starting point. I'm, I'm going to pray with you, and you can pray with me. And, and if you've maybe not been in a relationship with Jesus before, or maybe you've kind of walked away, and all of a sudden Easter's got you thinking about Jesus again, and, and you're here, then I want to give you an opportunity to, to come back to him. I, I want to give you an opportunity to set things straight, to kind of have a fresh start, a faithful fresh start, so that when, when we're done praying and, and singing here, that you can truly celebrate, even though you're at home, even though it doesn't feel like the normal Easter celebration. I want to give you an opportunity that you and the Spirit of God, through the power of Jesus, can celebrate. So you can pray with me if you'd like. And then after I pray, uh, the band's going to actually play one more song. And I would encourage you, uh, don't just sign off pause and celebrate with us. 
once we, once we pray and, and speak to God, then we're going to have this three, four minutes to just listen to what uh, God is doing and, and what he's done through song. And just pause as a family and listen, or if you want, you can sing as well. Um, we're not going to hear you. And uh, you can take this moment to just reflect on the risen king and reflect on his gospel, his good news, his word that will not end, that will always continue on. Let's pray. Dear Father, uh, I, I know that I'm not always faithful. I'm full of doubt. I'm full of fear. And this year, it's been tough to celebrate. It's been tough to get there. But Father, I believe in you. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe that on the third day, on that very first Easter, he rose from the dead and conquered my sin, my fear, my faithlessness, my doubt, and he left it all in the grave and that I am free through your risen son, Jesus. Today, I make a commitment to follow you. I make a commitment to celebrate you and what you've done for me. And Father, today, even though it feels different this Easter, I choose to look to eternal glory. I look to heaven and I choose to celebrate. As I listen to this next song or sing this next song, Father, just help it wash over me. Let me get a glimpse of what heaven might look like and the celebration we might experience. Thank you so much for loving me enough to send your son to die for me. And thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross and for conquering the grave for me. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If God has used this message to impact your life today, I'd love to hear about it. Drop me a message at jeremy at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca or on your favorite social network at Pastor Jeremy Norton. To get connected with Mountain View Church or to support Mountain View Ministries through a financial gift, please visit mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. That's mountainviewwhitehorse.ca.